0: Somi and Rusty It was a sticky, restless afternoon. The water carrier passed below the room with his skin bag, spraying water on the dusty path. The toy seller entered the compound, calling his wares in a high-pitched sing-song voice and presently there was a chatter of children. The toy seller had a long bamboo pole crossed by two or three shorter bamboos from which hung all manners of toys little celluloid drums tin watches tiny flutes and whistles and multicoloured rag dolls and when these ran out they were replaced by others from a large bag a most mysterious and fascinating bag one in which no one but the toy seller was allowed to look he was a popular person with the rich and poor alike for his toys never cost more than 4 annas and never lasted longer than a day Rusty liked the cheap toys and was fond of decorating the room with them He bought a 2 anna flute and walked upstairs blowing on it He removed his shirt and sandals and lay flat on the bed staring up at the ceiling The lizards scuttled along the rafters the bald manna hopped along the window ledge he was about to fall asleep when Sumi came into the room. Sumi looked listless. I feel sticky, he said. I don't want to wear any clothes. He took pulled off his shirt and deposited it on the table, then stood before the mirror studying his physique. Then he turned to Rusty. You don't look well, he said. There are cobwebs in your hair. I don't care. You must have been very fond of Mrs. Kapoor. She was very kind. I loved her, didn't you know? No, my own love is the only only thing I know. Rusty, best favourite friend. You cannot stay here in this room. You must come back to my house. Besides, this building will soon have new tenants. I'll get out when they come or when the landlord discovers I am living here. Somi's usually bright face was somewhat morose and there was a faint agitation showing in his high eyes. I will go and get a cucumber to eat, he said. Then there is something to tell you. I don't want a cum- cucumber, said Rusty. I want a coconut. I want a cucumber. Rusty felt irritable. The room was hot. The bed was hot. His blood was hot. Impatiently, he said, Go and eat your cucumber. I don't want any. Somi looked at him with a pained surprise. Then, without a word, picked up his shirt and marched out of the room. Rusty could hear the slap of his slippers on the stairs and then the bicycle tires on the gravel path. Hey, Somi, shouted Rusty, leaping off the bed and running out on the onto the roof. Come back. But the bicycle jumped over the ditch and Somi's shirt flapped, and there was nothing Rusty could do but to return to bed. He was alarmed at his liverish ill-temper. He lay down again and stared at the ceiling, at the lizards chasing each other across the rafters. On the roof, two crows were fighting, knocking each other's feather out. Everyone was in a temper. What's wrong? wondered Rusty. I spoke to Somi in fever, not in anger, but my words were angry. Now I am miserable, fed up. Oh hell! He closed his eyes and shut out everything. He opened his eyes to laughter. Somi's face was closed, laughing into Rusty's. Of what were you dreaming, Rusty? I have never seen you smile so sweetly. Oh, I wasn't dreaming said Rusty, sitting up and feeling better now that Somi had returned. I am sorry for being so grumpy, but I am not feeling quiet, admonished Somi, putting his fingers to the other's lips. See, I have settled the matter. Here is a coconut for you, and here is a cucumber for me. They sat cross-legged on the bed, facing each other, Somi with his cucumber and Rusty with his coconut. The coconut milk trickled down Rusty's chin and onto his chest, giving him a cool pleasant sensation. Rusty said, I am afraid for Kishan. I am sure he will give troubles to his relatives and they are not like his parents. Mr. Kapoor will have no say without Meena. Somi was silent. The only sound was the munching of the cucumber and the coconut. He looked at Rusty. An uncertain smile on his lips, but none in his eyes. And in a forced conversational manner, said, I am going to Amritsar for a few months, but I will be back in the spring. Rusty, you will be alright here? This news was so unexpected that for some time, Rusty could not take it in. The thought had never occurred to him that one day, Sumi might leave him Leave Dehra, just as Ranbir and Suri and Kishan had done. He could not speak. A sickening heaviness clogged his heart and brain. Hey, Rusty, laughed Somi, don't look as though there is poison in the coconut. The poison lay in Somi's words, and the poison worked, running through Rusty's vein and beating against his heart and hammering on his brain. The poison worked, wounding him. He said, Somi, what could go no further? Finish the coconut. Somi said Rusty again, if you are leaving Dehra, Somi then I am leaving too. Eat the cocoa, what did you say? I am going too. Are you mad? Not at all. Serious now and troubled, Somi put his face on his friend's wrist. He shook his head. He could not understand. Why? Rusty, where? England. But you haven't money, you silly fool. I can get an assisted passage. The British government will pay. You are a British subject? I don't know. Toba. Somi slapped his thighs and looked upwards in despair. You are neither an Indian subject nor a British subject. And you think someone is going to pay for your passage? And how are you to get a passport? How? asked Rusty, anxious to find out. Toba, have you a birth certificate? Oh no! Then you are not born, decreed Sumi, with a certain amount of satisfaction. You are not alive. You do not happen to be in this world. He paused for breath then waved his finger in the air. Rusty, you cannot go, he said. Rusty lay down despondently. I never really thought I would, he said. I only said I would because I felt like it, not because I am unhappy. I have never been happier elsewhere, but because I am restless, as I always have been. I don't suppose I'll be anywhere for long, he spoke the truth. Rusty always spoke the truth. He defined truth as feeling and when he he said when he felt, he said the truth. Only he didn't always speak his feelings. He never lied. You don't have to lie if you know how to withhold the truth. You belong here, said Somi, trying to reconcile Rusty with the circumstance. You will get lost in big cities, Rusty. You will break your heart. And when you come back, if you come back, I will be grown up and you will be grown up. I mean more than we are now. And we will be like strangers to each other. And besides, there are no chart, sh- chart shops in England. But I don't belong here, Somi. I don't belong anywhere. Even if I have papers, I don't belong. I am a half-caste. I know it. And that is as good as not belonging anywhere. What am I saying? thought Rusty. Why do I make my inheritance a justification for my present bitterness? No one has cast me out. Of my own free will, I run away from India. Why do I blame inheritance? It can also mean that you belong everywhere, said Somi. But you never told me. You are fair like Europeans. I had not thought much about it. Are you ashamed? No, my guardian was. He kept it to himself. He only told me when I came home after playing Holi. I was happy then. So when he told me I was not ashamed, I was proud. And now? Now? Oh, I can't really believe it. Somehow, I do not really feel mixed. Then don't blame it for nothing. Rusty felt a little ashamed. And they were both silent a while. Then Sumi shrugged and said, So you are going. You are running away from India. No, not from India. Then you are running away from your friends, from me. Rusty felt the irony of his remark and allowed a tone of sarcasm in his voice. You, Master Somi, you are the one who is going away. I am still here. You are going to Amritsar. I only want to go. And I am here alone. Everyone has gone. If I do eventually leave, the only person I will be running away From will be myself. Ah, said Somi, nodding his head wisely. And by running away from yourself, you will be running away from me and from India. Now come on, let's go and have a chat. He pulled Rusty off the bed and pushed him out of the room. Then at the top of the steps, he leapt lightly on on Rusty's back, kicked him with his heels and shouted, down the steps, my tattoo, my pony, fast down the steps, so Rusty carried him downstairs and dropped him on the grass. They laughed, but there was no joy in their laughter. they laughed for the sake of friendship, best favorite friend said, Somi, throwing a handful of mud in Rusty's face.